Blog Talk Radio. Matchmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Marla Martinson. And gosh, you guys, I don't know if you're feeling the heat, but I'm in LA and in the valley here, it's been like 107, 105. And I'm like, if my brain isn't uh, that sharp today, you know, please forgive me because it's been a rough, rough week. And so first, I'm just going to read as usual from Louise Hay's Heart Thoughts, A Treasury of Inner Wisdom, just our little affirmation to kick off the podcast today. So I create wonderful new beliefs for myself. These are some of the beliefs that I, that can really help you in your life. If you think or say them every day, I am always safe. Everything I need to know is revealed to me. Everything I need comes to me in the perfect time-space sequence. Life is a joy and fills with love. I prosper wherever I turn. I am willing to change and to grow. All is well in my world. So just remember, life is very simple. We create our experiences by our thinking and feeling patterns. What we believe about ourselves and about life becomes true for us. So today I have a really special guest, and he wrote a book that is just so perfect for the time we're in right now. It's called Spiritual Practice for Crazy Times um, by Philip Goldberg. And he says, you know, do you feel torn between staying informed and staying sane, too stressed out to meditate, too anxious to pray or roll out your yoga mat? The truth is, when the world gets chaotic and confounding, we need spiritual practice more than ever. That's when our souls need sustenance. That's when we need to recharge and ground ourselves to take on the challenge. And this book, Spiritual Practice for Crazy Times, has the tools and techniques you need to access the sanctuary of peace and fortress of strength within you at a moment's notice in whatever time you have. So I'll just tell you a little bit about Philip Goldberg. He's been studying the world's spiritual traditions for more than 45 years. He's the author or co-author of some 25 books published in more than a dozen languages. His book, American Veda, was named by Huffington Post and Library Journal as one of the top 10 religious books of 2010. It was followed in 2018 by the popular biography, The Life of Yogananda, and he blogs on spiritual and health uh, issues and co-hosts The Spirit Matters podcast and you can find him at Philip Com and I am just going to bring him on on right now. Hello Philip. Hi Marla. Hi. How are you, you other than being hot? Yes. <laughs> I you know what uh I'm doing this podcast in my bikini right now. <laughs> so Well, 
that's kind of an uh, advantage of uh, no video. <laughs> I'm I'm in I'm in shorts in uh, a slightly cooler part of L.A. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I saw you speak. I think it was a couple years ago at a Yogananda fest over was it ah. in uh, Torrance, and oh, you yes, were speaking definitely. on the your mm-hmm, on your book. The Yogananda book, and I have it. I haven't read it yet, but I did. I do have a copy of it, and I can't wait to dig in. The Life of Yogananda, the story of the yogi who became the first modern guru. Um, well, it's the phenomenal. 100th anniversary mm-hmm. of his coming to the U.S. is coming up, so you can read it uh, to commemorate Oh, that. perfect. Excellent. <laughs> and then not only <clears throat> a couple of years later now, you have the, have this new book. You just crank them out. I love this. <laughs> it's, it's, we need all of, we need all of, all of this um, amazing, amazing work. So, so tell us, it, and I think, didn't you write this right before all of this craziness with the pandemic and, but it, but it just fits in perfectly. It ended up. Yeah. I keep getting complimented on my brilliant timing, but uh, you right. know, it takes a long time. <laughs> It uh, we the book was finished and the final touches were being made just when the pandemic hit. But all all I did was add a paragraph. When I wrote the book last year, uh, things were already crazy enough. I thought whoever mm-hmm. dreamed it would be get you know we would be in the middle of a global pandemic on top of all the other craziness and um, all mm-hmm. it's unleashed has just made the book uh, more relevant than any of us could possibly have anticipated. Absolutely. And uh, people have a lot of fear. They have a lot of anxiety. Um, I mean, it's just, uh, this is exactly what they need. Just staying, staying that um, calm in the eye of the storm. Right. Yeah. Yes. um, You know, I, I didn't make any changes in the book partly because we had, no, not much time. Uh, because when the pandemic hit, because um, what's in there is perennial. Anytime anybody's going through a crazy time, you know, regardless of what's going on in the outside world, socially, politically, economically, uh, environmentally, um, the more crazy it is outside you know, the more the book is relevant. But we can go through difficult times in our own lives, and the material in the book is relevant at any of those moments. Yeah, and for people who aren't familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you came to where what you're doing right now and, you know, <laughs> author of all these books and spiritual teacher? and Just give us yeah. a little, uh, you know, background. Well, I I was uh, I came of age in the '60s, and like uh, so many people in my generation, you know, I was a student when uh, we went through uh, previous crazy times during the civil rights movement, the Vietnam War, and all the other craziness that of the era and I was deeply involved in all that. I was a political activist and everything, but I was also uh, a seeker, uh, a searcher for truth, like uh, which was a characteristic of a certain segment of of, of young people in that era. 
And so, you know, I was drawn to, for some reason, I, I, I was raised by atheists, had no interest in religion, or it, the word spiritual never entered the vocabulary. And then things changed in the 60s, and the search uh, coincided with uh, the advent of gurus from India and other parts of Asia coming, um, and um, translations and books of uh, spiritual wisdom, especially the kind that came from the East. And I was drawn to all that. I was, I was uh, like a, you know, file, filing things to a magnet. And um, that led me to take up spiritual practices, especially uh, meditation led me to become a meditation teacher, uh, and uh, everything unfolded from there. You know, I became a professional writer, and whenever I could, I would bring in spiritual teachings into whatever I was working on, and in the last 10 years or so, it's, I've been able to do that more and more. And and uh, what did you originally plan to do your parents were you know atheists and maybe they thought oh our son's going to be a doctor or a lawyer or you know a dentist or something and then what did they what did you have plans before that and what did they think about this path that you went on well my father thought I'd be a a baseball player (laughs) (laughs) my mother didn't care my mother well my mother died when I was still in college so I don't know uh, what Later, she would have thought, but at the time, she just wanted me to find something that made me happy and, you know, was fulfilling. And she liked that I was trying to change the world in my own way. Mm-hmm. So I never, I never had uh, too many, you know, sort of career aspirations laid on me uh, by family. Uh, I was crazy enough just trying to figure it out on my own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went yeah. through a lot of different uh, iterations. I was going to—I majored in psychology, and I was going to become, you know, a clinical psychologist or an academic. But then I got uh, detoured. <laughs> yes. And and uh, did you get into the plant medicine and the LSD and all that? Did you do any of that? I did. I did, Uh but not as much as many of my peers because um, those experiences were useful and they opened certain doors. But I was one of the fortunate ones who saw that the doors they were opening were pointing to something that could be uh, experienced in a safer and more predictable way without um, Mm -hmm. the downside of drugs. And mm-hmm. so I I was drawn to meditation practices and yoga and things like that. And that drew me away from drugs and into uh, more uh, traditional and authentic spiritual practices. And can you talk a little bit about transcendental meditation? I, I know it's, you use a mantra, but um, there's, there's, you know, I've looked at it on the website, and it seemed like it was thousands of dollars to learn it. Or, you know, I I, I think people yeah. are confused about different meditations and what is exact. Why is it so so expensive to learn transcendental meditation if you go to a, a center or something? Mm. What's the difference? Well, there? you're asking a few questions in that one, Marla. Mm-hmm. First, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I should say that the reason you're asking yeah. me that is because you probably saw in my bio that I 
uh, learned that, that practice yeah. in 1968 yeah. and became a teacher of it in you know and did mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of teaching of what you know the is abbreviated STM in the 70s i have not been involved with that organization for decades um so i can't right. speak to their policies and their pricing mm-hmm. and all that but um uh, you know and i don't even know how much it costs now i think it's much less than what you indicated cuz they they reduced the price but um it, it well, it just made just, me think, like, this must be really, really cool. If it's so, you know, I thought, what is this? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that so was, just explain you know, a little bit about that. I, I have a high, great, I value the practice very much. It's still yeah. the, the main practice that I use. I've learned many others mm-hmm. that I write about in the book and, have u- and use in my own life. But it, it's the kind of centerpiece of, of my daily spiritual practice, and I always, I value it. And one of the reasons I do is it's it's taught very carefully and systematically by trained people. And those people, you know, have to pay the rent on the uh, centers they operate and their right. time and all that. So there was always a fee attached. When I learned, right. it was thirty five bucks. <laughs> so, and that was a lot for me in those days. So, uh, yeah. you know, so right. And yeah. and um, you know, sometimes you pay for something that's of value and um, you know, I I'll, I'll leave that to your listeners to determine for themselves. Right. Right, right. Well, yeah, so it's it's um I think a lot of people are um you do talk about meditation in the book and I think a lot of people uh get frustrated because they're like well my mind is too busy and what do you do you just what is there to learn and you just say a mantra or you just try to clear the mind or uh i can't do it how long it's i'm not doing it right um so yeah i mean you're like an expert all of the above i've heard i've heard it all over the years (laughs) but but i thank you for bringing this up because as you suggested earlier there are many types of meditation, many different methods, and uh, it, it's a mistake to lump them all together and think it's all, they're all the same. So I, it, I think deep meditation uh, is is such an important part of coping with the world, and and this should mm-hmm. be you know uh, something like it should be. A, at the center of a daily spiritual practice, which I recommend. But I found it necessary in the book to explain all these, all the differences between different forms of meditation, just in a simple way, so people can be discerning when they go out there. And 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 for the reasons you mentioned, I always uh, recommend learning from a skilled teacher who's properly trained. Because, I don't know, for some reason people read about meditation and they see it has the effect of quieting the mind and all that, and they think they should just be able to sit down and do it on their own without any proper instruction. And and that's where they get frustrated, uh, you know, or they get a headache and they say, well, I'm not cut out for this, and they, they don't try it again. It would be like... You know, seeing that driving is good for you, so you get behind the wheel and think you should just be able to do it without getting any instruction, and you crash the car, and you say, well, I'm not going to drive. 
We we don't do mm-hmm. things like that. In most areas of life, we realize we need some instruction. Well, meditation is like that too. Right. And so I provide instruction yeah. in the book, but even there, I say mm-hmm. you know, even better mm-hmm. would be to find a teacher. Yes. Yeah. You you do. You give it. You know. You said treat it as part of your daily customs, just like showering or brushing your teeth. And, you know, twenty minutes a day has become the accepted formula, but there's no you know, rules on that. Yeah. Um, not I, a lot of teachers will say, you know, 20 minutes in the morning, just in the evening. Um, yep. And then, of course, finding somewhere where it's quiet, that can sometimes be a, I think maybe getting one of those the, a pair of headphones that keeps out the noise because whenever yeah. I try, yeah. there's some noise that comes, you know, dogs bark or a car, yeah. the garbage truck comes by or something. So finding that, well, I think it would be great finding... to be able to go out in a forest. <laughs> finding personal, finding perfect uh, silence is, is seldom possible these days. Even if you go to the forest, right. you know, there'll be some, yeah. you know, noisy birds or, you know, yeah. wind. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've been in places in India, you know, gone into temples, and suddenly there are bells going off and, you know, announcements being made. You know, so if you have a good form, if, if you have a good uh practice that's uh you know simple and easy to do you you know the noises come and go and it's not a big deal unless you're you know really shaken out of uh your boots by an explosion or something (laughs) right exactly (laughs) an explosion so how uh so how can we stay spiritually sane in the in the midst of this madness what are some of your your tips on that Well, you know, the central message of the book, if I had to sum it up in in one place, is um, we need, in crazy times, sanctuary, refuge from all the madness. And the best and most reliable and most profound sanctuary is within us. It's at the core of our being, beneath all the mental noise, beneath all the you know, physical uh, turbulence or feelings and sensations that might be going on. Uh, We have deep silence within us. We have deep peace. We have a source of uh, eternal love inside us. This is the divinity within us that all the spiritual traditions point to. So access to that is a key to staying sane and staying grounded and staying strong, courageous, and calm, even in the midst of outer turbulence. And so the entire book is about different ways to access the peace that's already within you. And and the most important aspect of that is to develop a daily practice where you regularly access it. And then there's a, you know a ton of other practices that can be uh, added to a daily routine that you can do whenever uh, you need them, whether you have 30 seconds or 30 minutes uh, and anything in between. Ways to just sort of stop the craziness and find some inner peace. And there's you know a whole variety of things we can do, some of which <laughs> are are 
not as easy to do during the pandemic because I talk about going, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to sacred places and being with mm-hmm. people you love and all that. And so we're deprived of some of that. At the same time, you know, we're being forced uh, into the privacy and uh, seclusion of our own homes more than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we have fewer distractions, fewer temptations. We You know, we can't even go to the movies or you know, eaten inside a restaurant in most places. So there's even perhaps if we're lucky and we're not, you know, sick or attending to a, you know, uh, you know, a household of children who are not in school, you know, for many of us, uh, the fortunate ones, we have even more opportunity to go within and to, you know, find that refuge from the outer world. And some of it requires a little discipline, like I just even me I've re- I've written this book I've been on a spiritual path teaching others for 50 years but I found myself the other day getting really angry at at a news report and then I realized I'd gotten angry at the same news a couple of hours earlier and mm-hmm. I didn't need the second you know experience and so some of it is like maybe I'll tune out a little bit more and tune into myself instead. Um, and so, you know, that's also part of the, you know, recommended techniques that I have in the book. Yes, and that the media, you know, it's, of course, always churned out negativity and bad things. To um, rare, Rarely do we see really good heartwarming stories on there. So that's been going on a long time and it seems even worse now. And I think it's um, stirring up a lot of fear. And um, I think a, a media fast would be, would be a great thing to do, um, but people want to stay informed as well. So it's kind of a, um, yeah. you know, hard to, hard to do trying to stay informed, but trying to shut out that constant um, negativity or fear. So Yes, and yeah, anger and bit, all the right? other, other <laughs> right. toxic emotions that arise. Yes. And, and but, so each of us has to find our own balance between being, you know, a well-informed citizen. And, mm-hmm. you know, even for self-protection, we need to be well-informed about the pandemic and everything else. But at the mm-hmm. same time, we have to protect ourselves from overload and uh, right. the toxicity of all the negativity. So, you know, we we all have to find what is balancing. And the, the one thing that's really consistent with everybody I speak to is what I just mentioned. We have a tendency to, 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 to feel this urgency in um, staying informed and not realizing, you know, there's so much redundancy. We don't have to hear it over and over again. And if we miss a news report because we choose to, you know, garden or meditate or do some yoga or, you know, mm-hmm. listen to some soothing music, we can watch it later. It's not going away. Mm-hmm. We'll, we, you know, we can tune in, you know, the next morning or whatever. We don't have to. Um, the, the sense of urgency, I think, is often um, a figment of our imagination because we, we care so much. Um, and and yeah. you know the stimulus you know we're being um, 
the cues to, to tune in are always out there. But sometimes, you know, we just have to shut off the the TV and we have to put our air, smartphones on uh, on airplane and just find that peace within ourselves and and get and access and access the sanctuary within us and just you know find some calm find some stability but i also want to add that you know some of the reasons people want to be so well informed is they it's a sense of responsibility you know to our families mm-hmm. our our communities we we want to participate we want to be well informed and we need you know uh, intelligent aware citizens more than ever but by going within and taking that break and finding peace within ourselves you're not just getting away from it for self protection you're also making yourself stronger so that when you do engage when you do have to take action to protect your family or to you know deal take care of your children or an elder or you want to you know provide some service to help people in need or you want to be involved politically whatever it is you will do it better if you do it from a platform of some inner peace and stability that's a great point because especially during an election year when when people are uh, building cases uh you know against each other and to fight for their opponent and their ideas um, I th- I think that's the, I mean that's just getting it. It's like at a fever pitch. It's people get and then we'll be if we have our practice and go within, we can uh, kind of get that intuition on what's because we have to be very discerning because a lot of the news is not is fun. It's not uh, correct. And then we, so we'll have our intuition to tell us what's right. And then if somebody comes with an opposing opinion, we won't be tri- so triggered and we can just respond and have a, um, a calm conversation because I see on social media, people ah, insulting and, you know, posting all of the, these angry things. And I think um, I just want to say, Hey, everybody don't hate meditate. <laughs> calm, calm well, down I, here. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And um, it's only going to get worse in the next few months leading up to November. Right. And, but that's again you 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 hit on an important benefit of deep spiritual practice which is on the one hand you are more in tune with your own intuition than we generally mm-hmm. are when we're in turmoil and on the other hand you're also your mind is clearer you're more capable of the discernment we all need to be able to think to be able to act on our intuition and interpret it and interpret the input that's coming at us because there's a lot of uh mistruth out there there's a lot of mm-hmm. you know lying and a lot of distortion and we have to be clear about it and when we're engaged with other people especially people who may not agree with us 100%, will having a little more inner calm will enable us to communicate better and not be yeah. so reactive. Yeah. 
yeah, at this point, there's a lot of people who I'll see on Facebook, you know, if you, if you voted for Trump and you're, you can't be my friend, you're a piece of crap and un- unfriend me on Facebook right now. I've seen, I'm using crap as a nice word. It was harsher, uh, <laughs> but I've seen things like that on people's pages. Yeah. And it's like, wow, the, the, the divide here and the anger is really um, uh, crazy. And also, but you talk about how anger can be channeled constructively as a spiritual yeah. practice. Also, yes, uh, yes, and and you know I wrote a piece about that online, uh, and it's gotten a lot of interesting reactions. <laughs> it's, um, but it's important because you know there is a lot of anger out there, and you know despite you know all, my, and I'll just admit that uh, yeah, after all, with all my spiritual practices and everything I know, I get angry too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, one we're thing just I've humans learned, here. <laughs> right. yes, we're yeah. we're human. Yeah. And but one thing I and and what and I, I but I'm aware of what makes me angry, and I yeah. um, I I look at it as but for the most part a, a, an appropriate reaction to meanness and cruelty and uh, lies and things that um, should not be in the public sphere. Uh, that you think we could do better. And when that happens, it's important for to to not fight the anger, not say, oh, I'm terrible for getting angry. I, I thought I was a spiritual guy and I, I shouldn't get angry. Mm-hmm. No, uh, it's, it's, as you say, human. You know, Gandhi got angry. Martin Luther King mm-hmm. got angry. This is why they did what they did, but they didn't act and lash out from that, you know, overwhelming uh, feeling of rage. They channeled their anger. They converted it, like I like to say, from you know rage or anger into indignation, into a proper uh, evaluation of something that isn't right and needs to be corrected. So if in your mind you can go from I'm really angry to something is happening that deserves attention, what can I do about it? That's a very different frame of mind, and it's um, it's what leads to a constructive action in the world, you know, to correct things or at least protect yourself from things you think are dangerous or um, problematic and at the very least will lead to more constructive dialogue than if you just lash out and you know meet uh, somebody's meanness with um, just more meanness that that's not going to work it's like buddha said you can't uh, overcome hate with hate only love can do right. that. Well, maybe you can't go so far as to love the person who's making mm-hmm. you nuts, but you can at least communicate in a in a more compassionate and constructive way. Exactly. And um, you talk about beating up a pillow or, you know, screaming in a pillow or dancing or running, you know, to get that energy out. And um, I've, I've done that before when I'd have, you know, arguments with my husband, and I'd get so angry that I would just go and scream and scream and scream into a pillow, 
And because I felt my body needed to get it out because if we hold it in, we can get health problems. And uh, he would just think, God, she's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I said, I but have to get it. I have to get it out. Great. And I hope he appreciated that it's better for you <laughs> to have done that to the pillow than to him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. I have a, a – so since this is the Mystical Matchmaker podcast and I am a, a matchmaker, I match people for long-term relationships and marriage. I'm a real-life Cupid. So um, I get this question a lot, and, and you might have uh, some thoughts on it uh, for people. So they'll say, well, um, they'll call me or, you know, I do coaching as well and talk to people and say, well, I am really have gotten into spirituality lately and my husband or my wife is not on board with that or they're not um they don't believe in it or this or that and they really think I'm I'm you know too woo woo or something and they don't know should they stay, should they what should they try to change the person, should they what should they do? What um you know, wisdom yeah. do you have for for people like that. Well, that I, I have to tell you, I've I've experienced that in people's lives many, many times, um, and it, it can be, you know, it's a source of conflict in a relationship. Mm-hmm. But I, if I'm advising the person who finds, and it's usually her, finds her way yes. to to a spiritual path or spiritual teachers or whatever it is and is being met with either um skepticism or you know which is understandable or yeah. you know anger or resistance or um uh, cynicism um then it's time to on the one hand, be firm in your own path, and, and if it's something of value to you, um, keep your commitment to it and try to have your mate understand why it's important to you. And it's time to exercise as best you can the you know qualities we associate with spirituality of patience, and empathy for the other person, the compassion. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, he he doesn't understand. He uh, and instead of being frustrated and angry at him for being, you know, not understanding, if if possible, just say, you know, this is important to me. Um, just as uh, one thing I've <laughs> often found is. Just as such and such is important to you and doesn't seem mm-hmm. important to me, like golf or you know whatever right. it is right. that yeah. the, that the other person yeah. does, this is important to me. It makes me a better person. And yeah. in my experience, if you're doing something for your spiritual life that's really beneficial, just say, you know, this is important to me. I'm taking the time to do this. And um, please try to understand, or at least don't judge it. And then just let the changes in yourself, because if it's if they're good spiritual connections, it's going to make you a better person. And the evidence of that 
will be the most persuasive thing to the other person. I've seen it many times. I've in back in the mm-hmm. days when I used to teach meditation all the time, I'd see and it was usually a woman drawn to the practice and they were getting so much out of it, but it was deeply upsetting that the husband didn't appreciate it and thought she was wasting her time and would make fun right. of her and blah blah blah. But after a few weeks, yeah. after a few months, the husband say, well, you know, I still don't understand. It seems weird to me, but she's calmer <laughs> now. And, yeah. uh, you know, so if it's helping, then, you know, why not? And then, you know, every once in a while you say, well, dear husband, uh, you could do it too. Uh, uh-huh. Test it, try it out. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. and you can't always share everything. And different people have their own uh, orientation to spirituality and their own needs and their own preferences, um, and this is very common. And, and many people will share uh, um, an appreciation for the spiritual dimension of life, but have different uh, paths. They're drawn to different teachers. They're drawn to different methods. They're drawn to different traditions, mm-hmm. and that can be, uh, you know, not an incompatible thing. You know, if you mm-hmm. honor the indiv- the individuality of of the spiritual life, yeah, it can it can t- take a while. I had my own journey with my husband, who grew up Catholic in Mexico, and then I start taking a, a deep dive into a lot of spiritual stuff, including then he sees me, you know, reading tarot cards and going on a communication board and using a pendulum and. Uh, doing all sorts of things that he was taught that is, you know, uh, yeah, take your right yeah. to hell. <laughs> yeah. So that, and that's, so that was quite, yeah, that's a and, deeper and that's, dive that's there, a little difficult. Yeah. Yes, it is, and it's it's real. And, you know, these yes. are things that can cause tremendous conflict, but out of yeah. that conflict can be tremendous learning and growth on both sides. Right. If there's enough, if the love is there, you know, you come out of it in a much better place together. It can, because I'll tell you, it's been a few years. And now at this point from go from when he used to yell at me saying that, that it's evil to get my cards read. Guess what? He asked me to teach him how to read uh, cards. And he <laughs> wants me to, he wants to pull a card every morning. He says, okay, let me pull a card. Which one? Am I going to pull an angel card or a tarot card? And now he has uh, crystals in his, in his uh, office. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's really into it. He's like, give me some Reiki. And he's like, do a little meditation. And um, so he really, it took, it took a few years, but he saw, I guess he saw that, you know, nothing bad happened to me and, and, and saw that some of this stuff is pretty cool. So, um, well, yeah, I congratulate you. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, and I also think uh, he sounds like a good man. Uh, yeah, he is. He is. He did come from some confusion and fear there for a while. Like, what in the heck yeah. happened to my wife? But, but uh, you know, I, we we made it. We made it through. That's when I was uh, screaming into the pillows a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I'm glad you stuck it out. Because you're probably yeah. both in a better place now. Absolutely, and two decades now we're together, so you know it looks like we're in in for the long, the long haul. So, um, all right. So we're uh, thank you so much for for joining me on the Mystical Matchmaker podcast, um, it Phil. Was a and you guys, have, yeah, your book, Spiritual Practice for Crazy Times. I assume it's available everywhere. 
mm-hmm. uh, bookstores, which I don't know if we can go into well, now, but yeah, Amazon if they're pictures. open. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Online. Your website. And Hay House did the, did this book, and um, wonderful. Um, God, they've got so so many wonderful authors and books. So um, yeah, and your website is uh, philipgoldberg.com, and you guys pick up this book. And um, I wish everybody much 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 love. And uh, don't hate, meditate. Thanks everybody. Thanks, Philip. Bye bye. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.